0: want us to talk about that today. What does it look like to develop and to form and to foster a church planting team?
1: Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me Noah Odom and Heiden Ratten as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. The world tells us our differences should divide us. But the gospel, it has a different story. Our mission, our calling, His command, is a mission that unites every Christ follower in a way that stands out, a way that doesn't make sense to the world. Join us, June 13th and 14th, at SEND Conference to be refreshed and celebrate the church, together on mission. A free event hosted by the International Mission Board and North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Learn more at sendconference.com.
0: Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, joined as always by Dehati Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Brothers, good to see you. How are we feeling?
2: Feeling good, feeling good. Glad to have Dr. Lewis back on the call today. Some good stuff we're going to jump into.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm
1: excited to be here. I know you guys are just trying to replace me, but you know I'm, I'm kicking the nah. door back down,
0: back Negative. in, excited. Yeah, man it's Come it's on. been uh it's been tough missing your voice uh, a couple of these episodes this last last month or so. But man, excited for your wisdom today. I know you have a lot of experience in that. Hey, before we jump in, how's the weather where y'all are at? Hmm. It's February, Hyden. It's it's probably yeah. always warm where you're at, right?
2: Well, it's not it's not always warm. We've actually had some windy days, but oh, I don't want to make anybody else feel bad um and wherever they're at because I'm seeing a lot of snowy pictures on social media and whatnot. But man, we are today is a breezy kind of high 60s, low 70s good vibe mm-hmm. out here in Las Vegas to be honest. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. I'm
1: glad you said I'm glad you said good vibe cuz I was just like I know you're not saying 60 and windy <laughs> is like a bad day. You know, so, but out here it is frosty. Like, so we have ice, you know, schools delayed, you know, in Georgia, if you get a little ice, school's going to be shut down, all of that. So there's a lot of that going on. I think, you know, don't quote me on this, but I do think that they said there's only like seven states out of all 50, seven states that did not have snow today, you know, so like snow or ice or something. So this is happening across the country. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, man. Everywhere for yeah. everyone, is snow right now, except for Vegas, where yes. it's always beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I shoveled about yeah, 10 inches right. of snow back at home and in our wow. church parking lot today. So um, it's been a lot of fun. Man. But you're here, though. This is
1: what I'm Look. saying. This is the commitment to to be hey, here, to right. to do this. Like we're here, that's so right. let's go. That's it. We got,
0: that's what I'm talking about. We got about. that. Church, we got that church planning mentality. Whatever it takes, we're gonna do it. Whatever hey, so it if is. you're looking to plant any of our cities, Las Vegas is looking good right now. Maybe God will send you there. Hey, hey, brothers. Come as on. as 2021 rolled in the new year, we announced at my church that we're gonna be planting a church out of our church. One of the guys on my team, mm. uh, God called him to to change over from being a, a pastor of discipleship into a church planting resident. So he has a number of things to do this next year in his residency, but not the least of which is the important call of developing and fostering a church planting team. Super, super important. And so I want us to talk about that today. What does it look like to develop and to form and to foster a church planting team? But as we jump into that, I don't want us to take anything for granted. I don't want us to assume anything. And so first and foremost, is it important for a planter to have a team? What do you think, Hayden?
2: Yes, I think it's it's greatly important. It's essentially important. I once heard a church planter say that if you try to plant a church without a team, it's church planting suicide. It's not a good look. Um, and and I think that there's also theology behind this point. Um, let me go ahead and bring it back all the way to the Trinity, right, with the Father, Son, and Spirit on display doing work together in the beginning. I like the verse in Ecclesiastes 4.12 that just says it simply, Two are better than one. Come on, Right. Uh, right. But we even see Jesus, the original church planter, start with a team when he starts his work in ministry and his public ministry. So, I do think there's so much value in it. Um, but I would say for for us at Walk Church, w- w- being a church planting church, we coach our church planters to to really have three different types of teams. On the church planting journey. I'll just go ahead and list them and then maybe we can dialogue more about them. But uh, number one is the home team. Your family has to be called to this journey with you, your spouse, uh, your kids got to be on board, whatever that necessarily looks like. I don't think that we got to make too big of a deal on that, especially uh, or not necessarily with your spouse. I would say it needs to be a big deal because you don't want to be planting this church alone or dragging your spouse behind you. Uh, to just follow your journey. But a mutual call to this thing I think is is huge, is helpful. Uh, but a, a home team and then uh, what we call a core team, a core team of disciples that are bought in, that are, are co-owners with you on the vision. These are, these, are, these are core team members. This doesn't have to be a huge team, but it has to be the right team. And then the third level of team that we would coach toward is a launch team, a, a mm. team of people that may not be in the core group, but are there on launch Sunday and want to be a part of the church and say, hey, we'd like to serve as greeters. We'd like to serve as um, as uh, on the count team or on the worship team or on the, the tech team, whatever the different teams are. They want to be a part of it, but they not, may, might not be a part of the original core. Those are the three levels of team that I think are valuable and essential to every church planner. What do you guys think?
1: No, I think that's I think that's a great distinction between what you're saying. And I love that you talk about the home team. The home yeah. team core team, and then launch team and i and I would even say like we use very similar language if someone were to come to us and say, "Hey, I would love to see a church plant in our in this part of the city or this part of the the neighborhood or whatever um I think that's one of the things that we take you know very seriously at at blueprint because the idea of planting with a team is to me. That is a non. It's a non-starter. If you you're not able to play with a team, basically you're just living as a missionary. And every mm. covenant member in our church is called to live as missionaries where they live, work, and play. So if yeah. you're just looking to do the work of the Lord, so we kind of take it from a kind of a, the you know both perspectives. So we want to partner with where God is at work and we wanna come alongside. So we also have, we we would say we have a our a core team. Then we have our launch, I mean, our, I'm sorry, we have our a qualified leader. So every city got to start with a qualified leader. And we say that you got to meet the standard, you know, early on, we said, you got to meet the standard of at least the deacon moving towards an elder. Like we won't even start if you're not meeting the standard of a deacon. Right. That's good. And then we said, we want that core team to be, or that, that leader to multiply himself to be a core team. And that core team is a, a group of six to eight people, you know, that you have with a clear mission. Right, yeah. like this is what we're rallying around. So you got these yeah. six to eight with the clear mission, and then we move from a core team to um, a city group. And a city group is what we would call anywhere between twenty to up to about fifty people that are, you know, in a city group. That is meeting. And then we would say from a city group to a cluster of city groups. So they they would then go from one city group to launching all a core team with a qualified leader out. So we would say that there's a couple of city groups that are in a neighborhood that will then form a church. And that's really kind of our format that we that we have. So even and that's and So a lot of times the way that is fleshed out at Blueprint is that literally, We have had like an apostolic leader move into a neighborhood, go through that process. But then he was just like, but I don't feel called to be the pastor of this Mm -hmm. church. And then so oftentimes it would be we would see the people of God on mission and then we would say, hey, we need someone to pastor. We got to raise up elders to go. And so that has happened actually um, two times um, locally out of the churches that we have planted, two times where it started off with the family of God being on mission, winning the neighborhood, and then we have to find the leaders that came, um, that came that's after. Right. And so i uh, so, yeah, so I think, but the idea of nobody plants alone, we're not sending out the sole person to go do it. Yeah. That's core to what we do. And that's baked into our story as well.
0: That's mm. huge. Yeah. I think, as you said, mm. uh, Hayden, that the scripture speaks to that. It's going to give testimony to the fact that there's a plurality of leaders. You know, the church in Jerusalem had a plurality of leaders. The church in Antioch had a plurality of leaders. And I think that all of our churches would benefit from having a plurality of qualified leaders and may take a qualified leader reproducing himself into a team of leaders, like we see Paul and Barnabas do there in Antioch by Acts right. 13. Uh, and so the next question then is, what are we looking for in that team? It sounds like you call it a, a core team, uh, Haydn Dahadi, you might call it that qualified leader who's multiplied himself out before the city team is fully formed or by the time a city team or multiple city teams are formed. What are you? What does a planter need to look for in that core? Um, I look at Ephesians chapter four and I see that it, it looks mm. like Paul saying that God gives a varied number of gifts in order that the church can grow up into maturity by having this this diversity. So talk to that a little bit. What is a planter looking like? Who does he need to surround himself with as he develops his core team?
1: Yeah, I think that – the go go ahead, Dahadi. No, no, I was just going to add on to what you were saying. I think very similar to us, you know, because in our process, when we think about our, you know, a qualified leader that's moving on, every one of our city groups, which, you know, you would know um, in this, but every one of our city groups has – four key leaders, right? We have what we call, you have the, the leader that, you know, the husband and his wife that are the leader of the groups. And then we have basically our cares leader and they're kind of responsible for our shepherding. We have our kind of missional leader and they're responsible for the, the missional dynamic. And then we have an equip leader and they're responsible for kind of the, you know, the other kind of growing people of the content and they're coming to work alongside. And so that's a way, one, we get everybody, more people involved in there. And then there's, those are the core in all of our city groups, but then they're also in that process. You have other like, you know, hospitality and so like different other different gifts. And so when, as these people are growing, they're launching with these kind of already kind of that APEX gifting baked into our core. So when they launch, they already have people who have already experienced these kind of the apes, as you talked about giftings that's taken place in that core team. And it's not people who are learning a new skill because they've been training and discipling and using their gifts already in that way. And on micro level, all the way to the macro. I love it.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was going to go ahead and take it just a little bit of a different direction, but I, I'm going to need to go revisit this podcast because I need to jot down all those different team leaders that you just described to Hadi. That was good. Um, one thing that I was thinking in the, the question that you posed, Noah, is um, when it comes to shaping a team and core team, launch team, and home teams already shaped, um, unless you're, you're single and you're listening to this, you got to you know, be be wise to find just your, you somebody who can partner with you on this journey. Um, but I would just say, you know, I'm looking for people in the city that are here first that, um, in, in many ways have a, have a call, have a call to me and my leadership and to my wife, Nina and I I have a call to our church plant and say, you know what? I really feel called to this church. I want to be a part of this church even before it's birth and having Sunday meetings, but I feel called to this thing, um, and, 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 and third, I feel called to this city. I feel called to this city. I feel like this is where God has placed me and, and I'm locked in. I say that because in our church planting journey, we've seen the people that haven't stayed the course with us were mm-hmm. um, because we realized man, either one, you weren't called to us or you weren't called to our city or you weren't called to our church and you just thought the idea of it was good. I really, I really believe that what a church plant doesn't need is the wrong people on the team. Yeah. And I've th- I found that if you have the wrong people on the team, that could actually hinder and derail the vision quicker than really anything else, because church planting is so relational and you need relationships to, to drive this thing and to reach other people. And I've found that, you know, uh, toxic people attract toxic people. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden you could wind up having a, a church planting team of people that are causing wow. more work than actually the mission. And so um, I was going to also say that there's a a few different frames of thought here. And I think all of the thoughts could actually be helpful in their own way. A, A helpful book for me was the book Kingdom First by Jeff Christopherson, church planting goat in the Toronto area, right? But he says, hey, start with all lost people. Don't start with any believers. And man, that is some of the most challenging direction that I've felt, but there's something to that that makes it like, you know what, we're reaching people. And these Mm -hmm. people that we're reaching are now joining our team and we're planting this church together. And so anyways, again, just some different thoughts to have. When when it comes to lost people, people far from God that we're reaching, we like to have those people start on our launch team. We want to get them into a serving position, into into a charge group, into a connection moment but people that are a little bit more mature and seasoned in their faith, we want them to be on our core group of disciples and then go from there. So those are just a few people that who we're looking for
0: when it comes to team recruitment, team development. Yeah. It's good. You know, I've worked uh, as the Sin City missionary in St. Louis for uh nearly a decade and um during that time, working with a lot of planters and helping them to establish, like, who are you and who do you need to have around you based on who you are? And one of the helpful tools yeah. that that I used through this process uh, was the APES tool that um, Alan Hirsch yep. created or adapts from Scripture, obviously. But, you know, according to Ephesians 4, verse 11, that... God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And what Hirsch would say in his book, The Forgotten Ways, is that those apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic gifts have kind of been pushed out of the mainstream church. And we really equip shepherd teachers, seminaries built to equip shepherd teachers on and on. And he calls it The Forgotten Ways, saying we need to make sure we equip those people because they are our missional leaders in this next generation. So, what I sit down with planters, every time someone says, I feel like God's calling me to plant, I hear their vision and I ask them who they are on that apex scale. And usually there's, you know, they're one or two gifts. Uh, but I've seen a number of people kind of get tripped up by that language apostolic or apostle and prophetic or prophet because it's charismatic language they're not used to. And so, what I've done is I've kind of created a grid. Of renaming those based on the gifting that I think every team should have uh, on their core team, and I think that you're going to see this further along into your church as you get larger. You're going to have people maybe running in those lanes, but I think all those gifts need to be necessary. So here's how I've renamed them: uh, instead of apostles, I call them pioneers. You need people on your team that are willing to be pioneers into new areas, areas of the city, neighborhoods, relationship pioneers. They believe God for new things. Uh, next is is purists. Uh, The prophets, you need those people Mm. who are purists, who are willing to hold on to the Word of God. As the pioneers are pushing us into further limits, the the purists are like, hey, 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 let's hold on to the Word of God. Let's not go too far. Let's make sure that we're not diving into things that God would say are unbiblical. Um, Evangelists, I call those promoters. Those are people that are promoting Mm. the cause, promoting the message, promoting the mission everywhere they go. Um, And then the shepherds, I call them protectors. They're there to protect the people and to protect the vision, to make sure that we're we're doing what we set out to do, to plant a church and care for people. And then lastly, uh, the teachers, I call those professors. Those are people who love the Word of God and want to study the Word of God and want to create avenues for the Word of God. And nice. so when you have pioneers, purists, promoters, protectors, and professors, I think the church is going to grow itself up in love and maturity.
2: Yeah. Yep. That's spot on. Yeah, it's good. Good piece. Yeah, you know, I was. I, I, I was going to say alliteration ahead was ahead. great.
1: No, the, I was just saying the alliteration was great. Like, uh, um, like <laughs> I was just like, yes. Uh, no, but I think that that is a really good. And I think the biggest thing is that people have a desire to belong and matter, right? Yeah, and right. by and, and you creating language that gives people like, man, because the one of those Ps, you know, jumps out. Like, yeah, I love pioneering new things. I love being a part of that, or I love promoting. You know. Uh, and being able to take that and show how that um, goes into kind of the kingdom building work of the Lord's, you know, uh, specifically in this case, the Lord building the Lord's house, and you know, right. kind of framing that, I think is is uh, I think it's amazing. So I love that.
2: Yeah, I love it too. I I definitely think that's the way to see Ephesians four twelve happen, right? Which is the body built up and equipped for the work of ministry. And I would encourage the lead planter. Um, to assess core team and say okay who am I as the lead planter and what are the areas that maybe I'm missing in my own leadership that I can pray toward and go find exactly. so for example we're exactly. working with we're working with a church planter who's not a natural people gatherer it's just not his, his his he doesn't have the evangelistic bent like others may have when it comes to gifting and function and so what we're saying is hey, you, you can do this thing, but you got to make sure you have those people on your team to yeah. make up for some of the areas that you're more stronger in. And so, yeah, I think that you can use the APEST Ephesians 4.11 model as an, an assessment tool to say, okay, what are the areas that we're missing to, to strengthen our team at the end of the day? That's good, Noah. Thanks for sharing that, bro.
0: Yeah, I think what we what we're finding no matter what our model is whether it's this city group model or it's this Ephesians 4 model whatever model we we look at we've got to create a team that a church planter's got to find people yeah. pull them around alongside him and his his family and and make sure that they're moving in the same direction because as you said Hayden if if you're not moving in the same direction you have the wrong people on the team. Oh man, that can mess things up more than anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because how we look at the core team, the, the core team for us ends up becoming almost like department heads. So like the core team could potentially be like, hey, so the the worship team leader is part of the core team.
0: The mm-hmm.
2: greeter team, first impression team leader is part of the core team. But those are the people that are going to then, then disperse the vision coming from the top. And yeah, having the right people on the right team is, is key. I think we should do a part two podcast on just how to give the team feedback, just do a whole session on feedback Mm. and correction and encouragement and growth, because I think there's so much value. I know I've learned a lot of what not to do, uh, throughout the years, but those are just some thoughts that I think could, could add value in the context of church planning.
1: So Noah, before we wrap up, I would love to hear like this answer, this question for us do you um, allow the body to assess those giftings? Mm-hmm. Do you have them actually take the test? Like how do, how do you go about doing that as we wrap up? I would love just to give them some practical Good. steps of how people they, you assess to yeah. making sure that they have these fully developed teams.
0: Yeah, so I would say starting that with your core team, getting getting on and Googling that um, five questions or APES with Alan Hirsch. There's an online $8 assessment tool that you can take and you can find out what your really top two gifts are and how those function within the body. I actually had my team do that recently, uh, again, just to see where everybody was at. And then I take those and look at them, kind of graph them out on the wall and make sure, hey, we got everything or where are we light? Where do we need to find people with these giftings? So I'd say take those assessments chart it out, have those conversations, and then see how God's put you together uh, for the the most beautiful function, most powerful function of the local church. Hey guys, great episode. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. As always, if you want to know more about church planting with the Send Network, you can text the words SEND NETWORK to 888-123. That's 888-123. Or check us out at sendnetwork.com. We'd love for you to subscribe and share this podcast. Keep throwing those ideas our way. We're excited to help our network level up and keep planting churches everywhere for everyone. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. We are Send Network.
1: You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.